you know, you hear a lot of things about uh, failure points of continuous improvement, lean manufacturing, all these other types of initiatives uh, that end up happening. And when you peel back that onion of, you know, what's really going on within the organization, again, it all comes down to people. Hello, and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts, and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, Today, I have uh, Dave Price on the show. Good to see you, Dave. Yeah, Julian, thanks so much for having me on the show. Excited to uh, have this conversation. We've uh, chatted a few times and excited to get into it with you. Yes, we have chatted. I've been on your podcast and uh, we've had other conversations. So uh, just to tell the audience, you are a principal consultant of the Chrysler Club, which is all about freeing operation leaders to focus on driving growth and operating with excellence. And you're also the host of the Everyday Business Problems uh, podcast. Um, you spent nearly 20 years working in sort of publicly traded corporate uh, corporation that grew through acquisition, uh, and it gave you opportunity to grow several different businesses during your career there. Uh, you've developed sort of operations framework that uses uh, to solve everyday problems and free business owners from working in their own, in their business so it can grow. And today we're going to be tapping into that expertise and exploring how leadership can create a cultural culture of uh, continuous uh, improvement and see where we go with that. So uh, before we go there, uh, Dave, I just want to ask you, uh, what do you love about what you do? Yeah, you know, I think the thing I love the most is kind of the the challenge behind it, right? Every situation is different. There's a lot of people that are in this space that talk about process improvement, systemization. Uh, maybe you have experts that are kind of in the leadership development space. Um, and, you know, I was very fortunate to kind of get this experience that brought all of those things together. And for me, because every operation, you know, every organization, it's always different because the people are different. You know, you have different personality types, you have different levels of experience, you obviously have, you know, other factors that go into it. So when you go into any type of an organization, you've got to take kind of that immediate pulse and that immediate assessment of kind of the personality types and, you know, what what kind of, um, uh, you know, what kind of... Uh, ability do we kind of have here to tap into that? And I think that's what I love most. It's it's that challenge of bringing all of those aspects together and, you know, doing things that obviously impact the people um, mm-hmm. and getting them to buy into that because that's, that's a huge, huge part of any type of change initiative. So. Mm. And obviously you're, you're very involved in operations, very involved in process. Um, but it seems uh, I've spoken to you before, you're, you're very, people are orientated with that because you know often i think people who get involved in process operations can get a little bit um single-minded about what they're doing but you seem to have this i would say an edge of the people because it's the people that matter isn't it and even getting things through as a process yeah i mean without people you're not going to get very far you know it's kind of the uh... The, the thing when, you know, I talk a lot about business systems, right? And for a lot of people, when they hear business systems, they immediately think technology. 
And it's, it's kind of, you know, similar, which is why I bring it up. You know, I, I like to break down those systems into, you know, four key pillars of planning, people, process, and technology. And you can't have one without the other. So when we talk about how do we develop better systems, how do we create systems, how do we optimize systems, you have to have each one of those four components working together. And, you know, if we were to take a look at process uh, within that, you know, context kind of singularly, well, you can't do process without people, <laughs> you know, that's just the fact of it. And while there are a lot of subject matter experts that kind of dive into, um, you know, kind of the, 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 the function of process, I like to tap into the people first because more times than not, when you uncover issues around process, it's not so much that people are willingly or uh, kind of trying to go against the grain in terms of not following a process. Chances are there's a reason behind that. So that's, you know, kind of digging into that and, and finding out the why behind, you know, why did this part of the process get skipped? Why is this not working within the process? That's really the only way to, um, you know, to, to fully optimize what is happening because the people that are doing the heavy lifting day in and day out, they kind of, they kind of know all of those aspects and everybody else is, is kind of trying to manage and lead that, uh, you know, those activities. But again, unless you're really tapping into the people that are doing the heavy lifting that are pulling those process levers, you have you know, no chance of understanding how to really move the needle, not just for them, but ultimately, you know, for, for the business itself, for the, the goals of the business. So you're all about continuous improvement. And I, I want us to tap into that and, and how we have continuous improvement in a business, but also look at the, the leash aspects. Uh, before, before we go, I'd like you to give your definition, your I suppose your view on what you see as continuous improvement. Yeah, when I think about continuous improvement, there's, you know, kind of many, many different frameworks that you can pull from, kind of many widely accepted frameworks. But when I think about it, to me, that's kind of the base that we build everything around. It's this idea of how do we plan, how do we execute, how do we review, revise, repeat? right? How do we plan, do, check, act, right? Again, the framework doesn't necessarily matter, but when I think about it, everything that we're working towards, everything that we're doing as an organization should be built around this thought process of, look, we've identified an issue or we've identified, you know, a growth goal, let's say. So that's the plan. Then we got to actually do something, right? It's not just good enough to sit back and talk about it. We got to actually do it. So then we have an opportunity to review, What's working? What's not working? Revise. Hey, let's do more of the stuff that's working. It's actually moving us towards our goal. Let's change some of the things that aren't. Let's try some new stuff and then repeat, right? How do we continue that cycle? And, you know, I, I think that gets us out of this thought process of like, oh, this, you know, goal is a giant mountain or this problem that we have. Maybe it's a, um, you know, I work with a lot of manufacturers and, and distribution businesses. Maybe this, you know, set of internal defects that we've identified, this is such a huge issue for us. How do we move the needle? How do we resolve these issues? When you start to break those things down, I kind of use the analogy of, you know, how do you eat an elephant, right? It's, it's one bite at a time. So, 
that to me is continuous improvement. That's the continuous improvement mindset that we need to adopt. And, um, you know, I like to break it down very simply because most people that are throughout an organization, um, you know, they, they didn't go to school or take a bunch of online classes or accreditations to be, uh, you know, a, a Six Sigma certified, uh, you know, uh, type of professional, right? Um, they just want to move the needle. They want to get stuff done. They want to drive results to the bottom line. They want to encourage people. They want to bring people along with them. It's kind of the the reality is what I see uh, versus maybe that kind of textbook, you know, picture perfect type of approach. And how do we take that sort of model of continuous improvement in the context of an organization trying to achieve goals, you know, and breaking things down? As you say, you eat an elephant, you know, bite at a time. And, and same with goals, we break things down. How do we put that in a context of uh, individuals uh, in terms of that continuous improvement? Because, you know, it's important for as much as the organization to continue to improve. It only goes as far as if the leaders or the people are continuous improved. So what are your thoughts on that and how we should go about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, spot on thought there. And it really, from my standpoint and experience, it, it starts with the leadership. Um, you know, you hear a lot of things about uh, failure points of continuous improvement, lean manufacturing, all these other types of initiatives uh, that end up happening. And when you peel back that onion of, you know, what's really going on within the organization, again, it all comes down to people. And the start of that is often at the leadership level. And depending on the size of an organization that we're talking about, I mean, you have some large organizations that have very well-established kind of continuous improvement um, committees, teams, entire departments, functions, work centers. You know, I'm really talking about uh, the companies that do not have that well-established hierarchy in and around these initiatives. And for those folks, again, it really starts from that leadership aspect. If you've got somebody that is in an executive C-suite or that mid-management level that is interested in, you know, constantly uh, achieving improvements and driving that mindset throughout the organization, you're going to be far much more successful than somebody that looks at it as an initiative or, you know, hey, we're going to do this one project because they've not fully bought into it. And kind of vice versa, when you have uh, maybe a small group of people that are out on uh, the shop floor or in a particular department, let's say, you know, customer service or, you know, accounting, it, it can really be started anywhere. But kind of similarly, you have a challenge when you have a small group of people that are doing the work that are interested in improving, but no support from that leadership level, you know, same, same types of failure points can happen. So in my experience at has to start from the top, has to have some amount of buy-in. And then you have to kind of, in order to get people on board, you have to be consistent with those efforts and with that messaging. Um, and it can't, it can't become kind of, oh, this is, you know, this is uh, January's initiative. And by, you know, March, we're not even going to be talking about this, right? So when I talk about these things, especially around leadership teams, it's, you know, how do we bring people together? How do we talk about what those goals are? Why are we doing this? You know, um, what are we trying to accomplish? And then look for those opportunities to get quick wins by, you know, driving engagement through the people that are doing the heavy lifting day in and day out. So just sticking with the, the leadership 
I suppose, continuous improvement or development, however you want to term it. What, using your framework or your or your experience in terms of process continuous improvement, what could we take from that and and I guess models or insights that would help this you know sort of um development of a leader and i agree with you in terms of the mindset is, is really important and and in terms of how you do that but how do we create the continuous improvement and then how do we get people into the sense of that mindset that they should have this development sort of model of continuously working on themselves and growing themselves and expanding who they are yeah i mean there's you know a tremendous amount of resources in and around this space so you know if you're a reader let's say there's a, a tremendous amount of resources that you can read and and start to educate yourself around uh you know activities that you can utilize to support these efforts uh but when i kind of break all of that stuff down i really look at it from the standpoint and say Look, if you're in a leadership position and this is something that you're committing to from an organizational standpoint, the easiest way to do it is to get out, get out of the office, go, you know, management by walking around. You know, there's plenty of Japanese terms that we can throw out there to say the same thing. But that's really what it comes down to is going out, getting involved with people, having these regular touch bases. And the thing I think that ends up getting missed the most from the leadership aspect is truly listening to what is happening, putting your phone in your pocket, better yet, leave it in the office, right? Engaging with people. We're talking five to 15 minutes. You know, I'm not talking about having an hour long sit down meeting. Yes, there's times and places for those things, but staying active out on the floor, seeing the things that are slowing people down, letting them explain why those, you know, particular things are roadblocks and just doing that little bit on a consistent basis for a month, you will be shocked at the laundry list of ideas and items that are probably low cost, kind of low barrier to entry things that you could do to get a quick win, to get more people bought into this idea of, hey, I know we've kind of given some lip service around, we want your ideas, we want to engage you, you know, the proof is always in the pudding, right? You got to show up. You got to have action. There can't be, well, we can't do this because of that. We can't do this because of this, or we tried this. You know, sometimes it involves letting others fail and showing people why their idea maybe doesn't work and how we could take that part of an idea and add it onto somebody else's part of an idea mm -hmm. to ultimately come up with a, you know, a, a, a really amazing solution. But it all starts from getting out behind the, the desk, mm -hmm. you know, canceling some meetings, creating a space and time to have conversation, real conversation that you connect with people. Um, and that's, that's really a challenge for a lot of, a lot of people in leadership. Yeah, and it's that engagement, isn't it? It's that sort of engaging with almost without an agenda, uh, with a real sense of listening to really understand and see what's going on. And I know when people feel listened to and they feel valued, they'll share their ideas, they'll share the mistakes, the things they've had to go at and not quite worked. But actually through that, they start to think about what they're doing and other stuff starts to happen. And and, I th and, it, and it, what it also does, I think, as, as leaders... I think often forget that, that we're role models and and whether you are walking the floor or you're behind you, whatever you're doing, 
opening your mouth, closing your mouth, you are modeling something. Um, and, you, and, and it's being more intentional about how you role model that and making sure that as you go out there and engage, you'll inspire not only other leaders around you, but those people who are, aspire to be leaders and they see how it's done well and how that person's interacting, the open, transparent, and creating that sort of a conversations. So when we're looking at this continuous improvement in an organization, it, it seems really obvious to have that. And I appreciate some companies that have the expertise or the, the inputs and they can bring experts like you into it. Why would an organization not want to have some continuous improvement? What would be the things that hold them back? What would be the things that they just don't think is a good idea? What What are the sort of, I suppose, the, the blocks really that stops them even going pursuing that sort of approach? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's an, it's an interesting question. And I, as I kind of dig back and it touched, you know, it, it really touches my own experience and, and kind of how I came to be, uh, you know, much more of a, a proponent for people and the systemization piece of it. And, and really what I think it stems from is kind of a carryover of what I call the old school approach, right? The top-down approach. We kind of know better from a leadership and management perspective than the people doing the heavy lifting. And, you know, in some cases, it's unintentional, right? There's a there's just a plethora of amazing leaders who are trying to do the right thing, but feel kind of the pressure right from maybe the executive level. They're at the that mid level. So they're trying to bring the team along, but they're feeling the pressure from, you know, that executive level and kind of those directives. And so inadvertently, they're doing things like, oh, I'm checking emails while somebody pops in my office and shares an idea with me. Right. That was something I used to do. And, and here in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, oh, I'm, I'm doing double duty. I'm getting a bunch of stuff done. I'm knocking out emails. I'm listening to these ideas. I'm engaging what I was really doing. And, and I didn't come to realize until, you know, kind of later in my career. And, and thankfully I did. But what I was really doing was not giving my undivided attention to people. And, and through that kind of inadvertent act, right, I was making them feel as though they weren't being heard. And that wasn't the reality. That wasn't what I was trying to do. I was trying to kind of, you know, suffice all things, right? And so it's those types of things. It's kind of that unintentional action. And I believe this kind of carryover thought process of, you know, lead from the top. And what's changed really, uh, you know, for the people that kind of learn these lessons, like myself, you know, you, you see the success that that can happen and how quickly it can come. Um, when you start to engage people and start to, you know, identify those roadblocks because you're identifying them so much faster, mm. um, which means you can solve them faster. Right. So um, kind of back to that point, though, I, I think that's really what has, um, you know, kind of continued to be an issue for many people. And and, you know, so. To, to, to answer your question a little bit more directly, because of that kind of carryover and that thought process of, mm. you know, lead from the top and we know best, uh, it's very easy to look at things and say, well, you know, we can't really cost justify somebody coming in and helping us, uh, you know, uh, give a resource to our leadership team as kind of leadership development and training, which also encompasses bringing our people along. Again, it gets back to that buying in from the top. Mm. If, you know, the executive team has to be the sign off on, some sort of initiative like this, if they don't believe that this can drive bottom line results and they don't believe that culture is a, a, a you know, kind of a, a 
a cornerstone of mm. a, a long-term sustainable business plan. Well, there you go. You know, that's, that's your answer. So it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't, I could do it for free and people wouldn't, you know, wouldn't see any value in it. You really have to be bought into the fact that, you know, your people are going to be the pillar stone of what you're building. Uh, from a, a value prop out to your customers, and if you don't believe that, then um, you know there's there's really nothing, uh, and there's no magic uh, that I can spread, uh, you know, inside your organization to fix that. Um, so, and, and it's it's that it's that value, isn't it? Which I know it's a slightly overused word sometimes, but but it is about value. It, it does it gives value to people, it gives value to the bottom line, it gives value to an organization, and there's some things that are sort of um, indirectly or directly sort of linked depending on, on what you're doing how do we get to a place and it didn't just tie into your proposition of of the sort of uh, continuous improvement is how do we get to a place where we get companies seeing that the, there is value in doing this making an effort a, a step change in mindsets investing you know money because you have to invest money but more important investing resource and people around projects or aspects to create that what, what have you found in your own experience that where you've i know there's no secret source and after that it's just some of your thoughts on how you create that hook of a of value of something and they go off and do it and think yes i can see it now what what, what have you found in your experience yeah, well, what's interesting about kind of where we're at and i, I just made a post about this but i i there's perfect timing on your question. And, you know, it's interesting because kind of during really good times, right? People are flourishing, businesses are flourishing, sales are are usually, you know, at an all-time flurry. And what tends to happen is while, you know, those organizations that we spoke of that kind of already have some of this infrastructure in place, this is always on their mind, right? How do we do things better? How do we optimize? How do we continue to drive those results and impact our people? What's interesting about the majority of businesses out there and those leadership teams is that these types of opportunities really only become uh, a highlight and become an interest when sales start to slow. And, you know, I've said it before and I'll continue to say it as something I learned years ago, but, you know, sales does not solve all of your problems, okay? It hides operational inefficiency that always exists. And so, a lot of times we kind of get into this, you know, and you can see it with, um, uh, you know, VC backed SaaS, uh, SaaS products, right? You know, like always driving after the sale, always driving after the sale. At some point, you will have to deal with your operational inefficiencies. And if you don't, because everybody knows profitability is the lifeblood of any business. If you do not deal with your operational inefficiencies, at some point, your sales cycle will slow, you know, it is not sustainable to to do the things to see the things that we've seen with you know year over year record growth and so when those things come you know kind of come to be right and i think we're starting to see the signs of that uh especially if you watch the news or you know look at any type of article that's being published these days you know so now is kind of the time where people are starting to say okay, now what? How do we operate in a more efficient manner? How are we going to optimize these things? How are we going to, you know, I hate the saying, but do more with less, right? Mm. So it's it's interesting because you would think that this should be an ongoing concern and how do we maximize, you know, our profitability? But the reality of it is when times are good and sales are great, mm. 
we focus on that part and we let the operational inefficiencies completely fly under the radar because the sales volume has, you know, made up enough to still impact that bottom line. Mm. Yeah, it's like it isn't is it they say necessity makes you more resourceful and innovative and you start thinking slightly differently because you have got little and and it's not a bad time to 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 have those moments but as you say we we could even make even more in the good times when our the fat very fat in our business in terms of sales but actually spending a bit of time investing would make you more sustainable more future proof <laughs> more ability to take any shocks that happen that's the part that I think ends up getting missed. You know, we, 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 again, back to the people aspect, you know, when you're building a business and when times are good and you, you kind of backfill with, you know, people power versus looking at other ways to optimize through process, through automation, through technology, you know, like the big buzzword these days is digital transformation, right? Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's thinking about it. The reality is if, if you were focused on those things and that infrastructure piece, the entire way through, uh, you know, your business growth, when things like this happen, when there is a slowdown, when there is a downturn, you wouldn't see these giant layoffs of, you know, all these tech folks and, and all the different things that you see because mm-hmm. the infrastructure and the pace, everything's being built up at the same way. So I kind of look at it as, you know, it's another way to protect against and to to continue to, you know, make people the priority because you're not having these big swings in in the labor market. You're kind of doing all the things necessary to grow at a, a slow and methodical pace, you know, which is the ultimate, uh, in my opinion, it's the ultimate business plan. Uh, it's the most sustainable because you, mm-hmm. you don't have these vast periods of, you know, of swinging changes. You just mm-hmm. one foot in front of the other and you keep, you know, you continue to build as as need be. I think the clue's in the word, isn't it? Continuous. Yeah. And it's that momentum and not going for the big flash in the pan stuff. It's stuff that will continue to keep building upon each other and being wise about where you get sales from, making sure they're profitable sales, making sure your operations are lean as best you can. And as you say, it, it just makes you more future-proof uh, to any downtimes and or, or any uptimes as well when you're scaling up as well. And that's important. Um, you have a quote, uh, I think it's from your website, and um, I'd like just to sort of finish on this really in terms of um, you call about operating uh, with excellence and in a context of leadership, what, what does that mean to you and how can we operate uh, with excellence? Well, we're all, we're all people, Julian, and uh, I've made plenty of mistakes throughout my uh, entire life and leadership career. And I think for me, what that really means is just kind of owning where we're at, the the decisions that have been made, and knowing that every day you can make a different decision. And what I mean by that, you know, I'll, I'll tell leaders this: Look, if if you've been terrible at engaging with your team and trying to build a genuine connection with people up to this point, own it. Have have a have a team meeting, have a plant meeting, and let people know, hey, I recognize that I did not do what I should have been doing all this time. I also recognize that in order to get where I know we can go together, 
that I need to do that. I need you to help hold me accountable. Here's the ways I'm going to try to do better at doing these things. I'm going to come have, you know, 15 minute sessions with you. You're going to see me out of my office more, all these different things. But, but I think that's really what it comes down to there. You know, there kind of isn't a secret sauce other than the fact of kind of owning what's happened and putting a plan, executing against the plan, you know, review, revise and repeat. Every day you get to make a different choice. You know, how do I want to act today? What are the decision that decisions that I'm going to make that try to move the needle forward for me, for my team, for my organization? And um, I, I think that's the mark of a truly, um, you know, magnificent leader. I was going to say, if I break you in half, that that framework would be all the way through you, wouldn't it? That sort of um, your approach to how you review and how you go about things. Um, do you think excellence is like a also a, like a state of mind, a state, a state of intent, as well as the sort of more tangible things? Yeah, I would say it, you know it definitely starts there, and you know you you can for sure um, have this thought process of you know there is no such thing as you know uh, uh, operational excellence because you're always trying to achieve that one more thing and and the reality of it is you know inputs and outputs are always changing so so it really is kind of a moving target so to speak but it for sure starts with your mind and how you want to look. Uh, the lens that you want to look at things through uh, and the opportunities that you see versus, you know, kind of the roadblocks that could get put in your way. You know, it's very easy, uh, even in the work you do, you know, I, I know you can see the difference between those things. And, you know, when people want to have that mindset of, you know, this is a roadblock, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to struggle to get past this versus, you know, well, that's what happened yesterday and today's a new day. And we're going to see, mm. you know, how we can, how we can make it past that. Uh, it's a huge, huge uh, aspect of, of, you know, being able to move towards that, um, yeah, it's been good talking about and seeing the, the, I suppose, the comparisons really of, you know, comparing continuous improvement in the context of operations and process, but actually you can mirror that within the people, within leadership. And I think as leaders, you know, we certainly should always be thinking about continually developing ourselves in some shape or form, however you do that, whatever's best for you. And there's many ways uh, to do that, but having that intent mindset to always continue to learn from situations directly or other things outside of the, the situation you're in the context you're in um if people want to connect with you uh, dave and get in touch with you what's the best way of doing that yeah i'm super active on linkedin you can uh, find me on linkedin just by searching my name uh or you can find me uh on our website um which is just uh the chryslerclub.com um so those are the two best places to reach out to me Brilliant. Well, really, thank you for your time today. Appreciate your insights. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much, Julian. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.